welcome to the Church of the Redeemers weekly podcast. We pray that you will enjoy this week's service, and we hope that you will follow us at www.cotrb.org, and may God continue to bless you. chapter 1 verse 8 but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in where Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth last week we talked about going to Jerusalem this week we're going to talk about going to Judea going to Judea you may have your seats father we thank you praise you and we love you heal us keep us protect us Something about your name, <laughs> sweetest name we know. Help us to remember your power. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Last week we discussed what it means to go to Jerusalem. Talking this week about what it means to go to Judea. Y'all know I ain't fancy with these titles. Go to Judea is the title of this message. <laughs> Last week, we talked about what it means to go to Jerusalem, to be called by God to go where? Home. Home. Last week, we talked about what it looks like to be called by God to go home. This week, we're going to talk about what it means to be called by God to go to Judea. Judea, for the disciples, wasn't too far away from home. If you look at a map of the region, you'll see that it was right in the region. Jerusalem was the city that they lived in. Judea was the surrounding area. Y'all with me? Judea was the, Jerusalem was the city that they lived in. Judea was the surrounding area. It was the region. It was, some, some were called to go home by God, but others were called to go to the region. Not too far from home, but to the region that their home was in, to the city, as it were. We defined last week our, re, our, our Jerusalem as 19145. I said it right. All right, hallelujah. Praise his name. <laughs> 19145 and 19146. We hallelujah. Y'all helping me. Listen here. <laughs> we defined our, our Jerusalem as 19145 and 19146. If we were talking about Judea, we would, talk, we would be essentially talking about 191. Y'all with me? Let's just let's do let's do this work. Let's make sure we're understanding what we're talking about. Instead of just one nine one four five and one nine one four six, it will be one nine one. The region, y'all with me? The region. It wasn't too far, actually, a part of where you were called to go home, but it was a little bit just a little bit further than where you were specifically. Judea or um, or Judea, as some might say, is the modern-day name for the mountainous southern part of the region of Israel. It's a part of the West Bank. Y'all ever hear of the West Bank? From the time of King David through the region, or through the reign of his son Solomon, the region was hotly contested over for ownership. There was a lot of resources there. A lot of commerce happened there. And people wanted to own the area. Somebody say own it. After exile, it was to Judea that the returning Jews went first. 
They were given opportunity by Herod the Great to go from Babylon through the region of Judea to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. All this is going to make sense in a minute. They had to go through the area most difficult to travel to obtain the promise of God. And lastly, to the, su- to the s- south of Jerusalem, it was a mountainous region. You know, It's a mountainous region. And one of the three areas that made up what was then called um, the Kingdom of Palestine, it was best known for how even though they were agrarian, it was an agrarian area, it was best known for how they were able to raise livestock. Livestock, live animals. The people were farmers, but they cared for animals, not vegetation. Don't hush that baby, I want to hear her talk to me. Somebody going to talk back to me. Somebody going to talk back. They were agrarian, but they weren't raising vegetation. They were raising animals. Livestock was their specialty. They worked with the animals that had personality rather than just the elements of the land. You can't always get an animal to do what you want it to do. This region seems to be a prophetic picture, saints, of reclamation and restoration. I'll say that again. This region, this region, this region, Judea, seems to be a prophetic picture of reclamation and restoration. It's a picture of a region of a country that everyone wanted to own. Somebody say own. Everyone wanted to own and was willing to either fight for or fight through it. (laughs) It was south of Jerusalem in the area we now call the West Bank, an area that Palestine and Israel still fight over to this day day. We think about wars in the Middle East, we might as well just start thinking about Judea. Place where people fight, Judea. The place where there are fences built to keep one person, Judea. (laughs) Places where there are barbed wire, Judea. Judea. Because I don't want you coming in as my neighbor. I want to own this place. And I want you here. (laughs) Judea is the place where they fight so much but that same land is still considered a, as Palestine, and they're, theirs because they fought. I'm sorry, the, it's theirs because they fought for it and won it from Israel generations ago in war. But Israel thinks that it's theirs because it was promised to them by God in Scripture. Y'all see the difference? Palestine thinks it's theirs because they fought for it and they won a war. Israel thinks it's theirs. Because God promised it to them. Palestine thinks it's theirs because they beat somebody up and they took their shoes. But Israel thinks it's theirs because Father gave it to them. The Bible says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 that after we first give up our need for control. They meant somebody. We will receive power to be God's witness. Got to give up control to get power. Say amen, somebody. Got to give up control to get power. You've got to let go to gain everything. And it seems counterproductive. I feel like preaching a little bit. It seems counterproductive to let go of your rights 
to gain what is rightfully ours. God's economy, in God's economy, that's exactly how things work. See, every time Israel fought for what they felt was theirs by right, they stopped depending on God. Because they stopped depending on God, God stopped fighting for them. Just walk through the book of Judges. You ain't got to believe me. Walk through the book of Judges. It's a wash, rinse, and repeat cycle of Israel trying hard to get what God said was theirs as their own. Israel trying to get what God said was theirs on their own. Losing the same, depending on God, and then God giving them victory when they returned back to faith. Fought, lost, returned to faith, and they win. Write that down. They fought, they lost, returned to faith, and they win. And as I was writing those words down, I just saw myself doing this. They fought, clenched their fists, they lost, opened their hand. They returned, their, they returned to faith, the posture to receive, and then they won. Lifted their hands and praise. See, the power required for those of us sent to Jerusalem needed to be paired with courage. Y'all remember that? But the power required for us to win uh, Judea needs to be coupled with humility. Humility. It's the ability to be free from pride or arrogance. That's what humility is. It's a low view of self and a high regard for God. It's an understanding that we need help, even though we were promised by the Father victory, and it's ours to receive it. To win Judea, the power of God has to be coupled with a humble spirit. Whoever has an ear to hear, I wish you would hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. This region, I said this before, this region called Judea was to the south of Jerusalem. It was in the south area. Now, typically when you go to places that you want to be in, you go to the north or the northeast. When you think about cities, all the prosperity seems to be in the north or the northeast. But this place called Judea was in the south area. You know, it was, it was the mountainous area. It was the place of rugged terrain. It was a place where walking wasn't easy, but a place that they were sent to walk. They had to travel the most difficult path possible to get to their promise. And I'm sure they thought there was a better way. I'm sure they had in their minds, God, I, I know that there's an easier way for me to get to what you have for me. I know that there's an easier way for me to get to the promise that you made to me. And on subsequent opportunities, returning to Jerusalem from slavery, they would travel an easier way through the northern country. You see, it took three times for all the slaves, all of the ones that were exiled, it took three times for them to be freed before they actually all returned home. That slave mentality had their mind gripped so much that the first time they were freed, only a few went. First time God allowed for liberation to occur, only a few had the unmitigated gall to say, yes, Lord, I'll go. <laughs> only a few had the ability to say yes to God when God freed them from their chains. But even when they were free, they decided to go the hard way. Hallelujah. 
had to pursue the promise of God through difficult circumstances. It had to show those who didn't have faith that it was still possible to obtain everything that God had for them. They had to pursue, and I'm sure at times they lost. They lost heart. They lost hope. They lost their excitement. They lost encouragement. So they had to rely on their faith so that they could win. They had to fight. They had to lose. They had to have faith, and they had to win. They were given victory by God. And I feel like some of us are in a battle where these steps and stages are familiar to us right now. God's given us a promise. but We feel like we've got to go the hard way to get to it. We know that there's an easier path, but we feel like everybody around us is making it so difficult. I wish I had a church. Everybody around us is making it so difficult to get to the very thing that God promised that we would have, but we determined in our minds that we are going to fight, hallelujah, for everything that God has for us. Sometimes when we fight, we have to lose a few things. There are some casualties of war in our fighting, and our faith in God, the God of the underdog, has carried us back to our knees and our losses, carried us back to prayer, not for begging God, but to be reminded that the promise keeper will always keep his promises. Hallelujah. And when God, the promise keeper, keeps his promise to us, then we're reminded that our faith will, in God will help us to win. The victory in Judea comes when we pair God's power with our humility. We go the circuitous route. We go the hard way. And we allow for God, the God of the underdog, to do what only God can do. You see, the same muscles, saints, that are required to fight are the same muscles that are required to let go. When you fight, you got to clench your fist. And when you lose, you get to open your hand. When I fight, I clench my fist. My lats and my biceps are activated. My jaw gets tight and I stand at the ready both to give and to receive a blow. But when I lose, the opposite occurs. I relax my fingers, and I loose, my back loosens up, and my biceps are no longer flexed. My core softens as if someone, and if someone were to swing on me now, it would do much more damage because I wasn't postured to receive the blow that was coming my way. My body would adjust from being ready to win to be a, being accepting of loss. But the promise of God would never change, though my posture did. Say amen, somebody. The word of the Lord would still be over me as the victorious one. And the victorious one, even though my posture changed, God would remain the same. See, when I express my faith to God, I lift my hands in a po position that allows me to receive. Palms up, you know. Shoulders activated, being engaged, not fighting, but surrendered. It's what it feels like when you go from losing to surrender. <laughs> even when I wanted to fight, I, even if I wanted to fight, I couldn't fight, basically, because my body wasn't ready to land or receive blows. But my hope would be built 
on nothing less. My body wouldn't be ready to fight, but my hope would be built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame. Y'all could be saying some real good things to me, but I don't trust you no more. Too hurt to trust your words. I wish I had a church. I'm too hurt. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. When I go from a posture of fighting to a position of losing everything to gain what God has for me, I go to a place where I'm back and my faith is restored. But when God gives me what God promised to me, my hands go from being positioned to receive what faith says is mine to a position to praising God for always being faithful who promised. Fighting, my, my hand is clenched. Losing, everything is loose. Faith lifted hands to received. Winning lifted hands in praise. I wish I had a church that would do that. Fighting, my body is clenched. Losing, everything is loose. Faith, my hands are lifted in a posture to receive. And winning, my hands go to praising him. <laughs> winning, my hands go to praising him. My body, the tension in my body when I was fighting had me all tight and clenched up. But when God allowed me to lose, everything in me went soft. Everything in me went soft because the one that would hold me together needed me to realize that just like I could fight, I could fall apart. When he held me together, he allowed my hands to be lifted. Not so that I could give him something that I was too weak to provide. I would praise him from a weak place. And I understand there's value in praising God from a weak place. But I also understand that when I'm weak, he is then made strong within me. <laughs> it's not me being strong by myself. When I am weak... I lift my hands in a posture to receive his strength. And he is then made strong within me. And when the one who makes me strong allows me to see victory in my life, then my hands go from receiving to a posture of giving. I go from saying, help me, Lord, to thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I go from saying, Lord, where are you? To, Lord, you're worthy. Hallelujah. I go from saying, God, I need you now to saying, oh, the glory of your presence. Woo, we your temple. Give your reverence, reverence, arise from your rest and be blessed by our praise as we glory in your embrace. And this temple now fills this place. But I got one more for you. I got one more for you. Judea was a land that was hotly contested over. It was a place where fighting happened. Judea was a land also that was difficult to navigate. But Judea was also a land, if you remember, that was rich in livestock. Rich in livestock. The Jews were an agrarian culture. They farmed to make a living. And some farmed for vegetables. But others kept animals. It's worth calling out that the way that the Jews returned home the first time was a way that was difficult to them. It's worth calling out that the area that they had to go to was hotly contested over. 
And there was a lot of fighting happening there. But lastly, I think it's really worth fighting out to us, especially on this communion Sunday, that they had to go through the area where sacrifice was required to get to their promise. When Israel returned home from exile, they had to go the way that allowed them the opportunity to remember that the blood, a blood sacrifice was required for the forgiveness of sin. I wish I had the church. Y'all here with me. They had to go through a place where they had to be reminded that a blood sacrifice was required for the forgiveness of sin. Sure, they could have gone through green pastures. Sure, they could have gone through a, a beautiful uh, scenery. But there, where would the sacrifice be? If they went the easy way, where would the sacrifice be? Where would the sacrifice for your praise be? It wasn't just that they were willing to fight and lose. It was also that they were willing to return to the tenets of their faith, the foundation of their faith, so that God could give them the victory. They had to remember that the things that their faith teaches are still applicable today. The vic that victory comes through defeat so they could get God's victory and not their own. And I know that we are in a church right now, in a season in the church right now, where people are preaching that whatever you can say, you can see. If you name it and claim it, you can blab it and you can grab it. <laughs> I know that we're in a season of the church where everybody is going after what they want and they are taking their own victory and putting God's name on it. They're taking their own victory and they're putting God's name on it. But I need us as a church to remember the foundation of our faith, which says every time I lose, I win. God, that gives me the victory. I don't take it by myself. The Holy One of Israel, when I lose, I still win. We have to remember, they had to remember even going back after exile, that sacrifice was still a requirement of their faith. And if I could just fast forward a little bit to the disciples that Jesus was talking to, they also had to remember that sacrifice was a requirement to their faith. You see, Jesus just recently hung on the cross. He recently just got down and walked through walls for them. He just recently showed up to 40, uh, 400 disciples through many infallible proofs. He showed himself alive in ways that could not be denied. Jesus did that. After suffering, he showed up victorious. Not just victory that God's promised us, but it's victory to go through that God has promised us. Not just victory that God's promised us, saints. It's victory to go through the hard thing that God promised us. It's victory to lose and still win that God has promised us. It is victory to be defeated but not destroyed that God has promised us. God has promised us an experience with him that will teach us how to fight. It'll teach us how to lose. It'll teach us how to get back to faith. 
and then through faith it'll teach us how to win. Hallelujah. And in the end, it's not our strength that gives us the victory, but it's our perseverance. It's our humility. It's our determination. It is not our intelligence, but his oath, his covenant, and his blood. That's what supports me in this whelming flood. And all around, my soul gives away. Hallelujah. He then is all my hope and stay. And on that great getting up morning, when the Lord shall return with power in his hand, after I've fought and after I've lost, when I've returned to the faith that I lost because the battle was too much for me and God has given me, hallelujah, and God has given me victory again, I will sing with the angels that it was not by might nor was it by power that this battle was won for me. But when he shall come. Holy God of Israel, with trumpet sound. Oh, may I then in him be found dressed in his righteousness alone. Who faultless to stand before the throne. I don't want to be standing in my own power. I want to be standing on Christ. The solid rock I stand all of the ground, the ground of my intellect, all of the ground, the ground of my own battle, all of the ground, the ground of my own, all of the ground is sinking sand. All of the ground, all of it, all of it, all of the, all of the ground. Is sinking sand. God has called us not just to be victorious. God has given us the power. He has given us the power to be victorious. He promised it to us. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You shall. You shall receive power. But are you going to be humble with it? Are you going to be arrogant with it? You going to be humble with it? Or are you going to allow God to let you lose so that you can win all? You're going to allow God to let you lose some things. You're going to allow God to let you let go. But you knew what you was. So that you can gain everything that eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart, your heart, my heart, these hearts, the things that God has in store. You. Got it in your mind what you want from the Lord. God got so much greater in his mind for you. So much greater in God's mind is for you. You can settle on what you see if you want to. But on Christ, the solid rock, I'll stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. The doors of this church are open. The doors of this church are open. There may be one. There may be one. There may be one. 
never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, now is the time and today is the day. You've been fighting for your own victory and God has not given you that victory. You felt like you should be victorious, but God's telling you to let go today. Let go, let go, let go. Can you say that song? Soon as I Can you do that for me? Stop worrying. My man, good looking out. Worrying how the story ends. Yes, sir. I let go and I let God. I'm going to let him have his way. Yeah. Let God have his way. That's when things start happening. Hallelujah. When I start looking at back then. I let go and I let God, let God have his way. You're holding on too tight. You're holding on too tight for something you're supposed to let go of. Say amen, somebody. Hold on too tight. You're holding on too tight. You're holding on too tight to your own life. Holding on too tight. Holding on too tight. Hold on too tight. The Lord said before he said we would have power, he said it is not for you to know. Not for you to know. You want to know everything. Not for you to know. Not for you to know. Just let go. And let God. It's not for you to know where tomorrow is going to take you. Let go. Let go. Let go. And let God. Let God have his way. Some of you, there's somebody, there is somebody in this room. I know it. In my, in my pinky toe. On the left side, there's somebody in this room. <laughs> In this room that needs to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you got a chokehold on your own life. And it's killing you. <laughs> Help us, Lord. You got a chokehold on your own life and it's killing you. It's killing you because you got to control everything. God is calling you to let go. Let go, let go of the circumstances, let go of the future, let go of the past, let go of right now, and let God have God's way. The only way you can do that is if you accept the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior. Now is your time, and today is your day. There's one that needs to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior for the first time. Come now, come now. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If there's one in the that's watching us virtually in our virtual campus. That's a need. You know you need to accept Jesus Christ. You got a, a chokehold. I just keep hearing it. You got a chokehold on your own life. There's no life flowing through you because you have to control everything around you. Let go, let go, let go, and let God flow in your life. Let God flow. Hallelujah. If there's somebody who accepted Jesus already. You already have, but you've walked away from the Lord. You've walked away from the Lord. Now's your time and today is your day. Come now. Come now. Say in the, in the screen, if you're watching us virtually, just say it to me or put a thumbs up in the screen. And lastly, Redeemer is a great place to call home somebody. Hallelujah. You know you need a church home. You need to be walking with somebody with a group of like-minded believers. Amen. Like-minded believers, if you want to join this church, come now. Now is your time, and today is your day. Let, Let go. go. Yes, sir. Let God.